0: Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. It is a uh, it is an incredible honor, and this is the preamble that you're meant to do before you preach. But in this church, I mean it. In other churches, sometimes you call those things that be not as though they are. But but I am I am always honored. This is the tenth year in. 2004, in fact, in 2003, I was at a Rodney Howard Brown meeting in Tampa, and, uh, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not trying to preach a prosperity message when I say this, this is just what the Lord spoke to me. And I was, it was 2003, about October, maybe September, and we're sitting in one of his services, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I'm calling you to preach revival to America. I was just, a, I was Australian. Lost land. And, and so the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to sow in this offering to, to your ministry in America. And I was, well, it was 10 years ago, so I would have been 22. And so what I did was I worked out to the dollar what an American air ticket would cost to get from Australia to America. In those days, it was probably as expensive as it is now. And so I worked to the dollar and I got my credit card. So I thought, I'm going to tie. This is just what I felt led to. So I'm not about, I'm not about to receive an offering. I'm not about doing it. I'm just telling you the story. So I think I gave like 200 bucks into this offering. And I knew it was it was a sovereign thing. It was a God thing. And so a few months later, I'm speaking in Vanuatu. And before I flew to Vanuatu, I was sitting in Sydney Airport. And there was a United Airlines plane sitting in the airport, and I knew that flight was going to go to Los Angeles, and I was going to Vanuatu. And I remember, praying, I remember when I saw that plane; it was the most uncanny thing. But every single fiber of my being—not not just because America's cool, but every fiber of my being—I wanted to be on that on that plane. I wanted to be in America because I felt like God was calling me to preach in America. And I remember, I remember about a few weeks after that conference. In Vanuatu, we we had just started our church, and Pastor Frank and Pastor Paris came to our church, and, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, and so what happened was, I think Dad just wasn't wasn't feeling up to it or whatever, and we're doing this little conference. There was like three people and a dog. Dog was not even saved, and in that in so so I preached this morning session. There might have been thirty people in the session, and Pastor Frank and Pastor Paris came to the church because I think they needed Wi-Fi or something like that that morning. And as I'm preaching, Pastor Frank sits at the back. Now, for you guys, you just think it's just good old Pastor Frank. For me, he's a preaching machine. He's a beast. A beast and an elder. And uh, and he and he sits up the back and I'm preaching. I'm trying to look everywhere but his way because I just was nervous and thinking, I've only just started to do this. And he comes up to me in the, in the back room afterwards and he says... How would you like to come and preach in our church and speak Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night to all the youth and the young people and preach in the church? I've never preached before, and so I said, "Let me pray about it." Absolutely, I will. Thank you. <laughs> and so, so the first the first church I ever preached at in America is this church, and uh, and you know, and and so for me, this place is very special because. Man, I made a lot of mistakes in this place. I preached I preached some incredibly awkward things. I remember one time I was preaching, and I don't think Pastor Paris it. the next minute a bottle comes flying from the front row. She nearly took out my eye. Nearly took out my eye. But our lawyers have talked and we've made we've come to an arrangement. So that's fine. But 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 in all that, in all that, as a young I'm still a young preacher, but but as a young pastor, a young preacher, I have talked Pastor Frank and Pastor Parris's ear off about everything. And I've asked some questions when we've had difficult times, what do I do? And and you know, just even in my personal life as a husband, getting married and when I was dating my wife, didn't know what to do. Pastor Frank was always there supportive. They championed our cause and and we would not be doing firstly anything. I mean I think I've preached in something like twenty-six states across America and we've seen God do some incredible things and and there's people that you love, and then there's people that are family, and I feel that way about Pastor Frank and Pastor Paris, and I also believe that you are in good hands being in this house, and, and uh, you're blessed, and I want you to honor them this morning. We love you. Merry Christmas, and, uh, and uh, my Uncle Frank. Anyway. Matthew chapter 3. Oh man, I feel like preaching this morning. I'm in a mischievous mood. And it's a problem, but I'm going to push through. Is anyone glad they're in the house of God this morning? Matthew chapter 3 and i want to have a look at the 11th verse Do you mind if i just preach this morning i don't know if i'll finish my message i just want to i just want to get a little bit loud this morning just get a bit happy in the house of god i mean just just it's dangerous having these women right here i'm telling you these women are dangerous i said i said to pastor paris about the Mary's song ladies and i said i said they are they they are like they and i, and I don't mean this in any way disrespectfully i said but having them in a service is like trying to walk a big dog if you don't hold that lead <laughs> i mean that that thing will Start pulling you, and you are just you gone. It's over. I made a mistake a couple of years ago of being here on a Sunday night, and just as I got preaching, I called them out and said, "I'm going to pray for you before the message." That was a big mistake. I'll never pray for them before the message again, because if you do, there is no message. If you do, so, 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 so. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost and fire. He will bat. Can I tell you, you could just preach there. I'm telling you right now, we need to be filled with more than rhetoric. We, just, we need to be filled with more than just sound doctrine. We need to be filled with more than just some Christian accessories and some ideology and Christian culture, man. You and I need to be plugged in to the Holy Ghost and. Somebody say and. And fire. And that word fire, that word fire comes from a Greek word. Now keep the scripture, can can we jump up to verse 16 on on the big screen? And uh, that's fantastic. You know, I think the air conditioner is making that projector wobble and that water is just moving from side to side. Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm starting to just feel a little bit, just watch that screen. You know, there's probably a visitor here and they say, I know how they get people drunk in the spirit. They hypnotize them with their moving screens. Finally, the secret has been exposed, brother Mike. That's how it's done. It's mind over matter. No, it's just Anyway, moving right along. When be, the word fire comes from the Greek word pyro, from which we get pyrotechnics, which is fireworks. That's where we get the word pyromaniac, if you want to go to prison. The word fire means fiery fire and until... Until I read that, I kind of assumed that's by nature what fire was. Fiery fire. But this is a fire that consumes and takes ground and sees things happen. Can I tell you, if you're a Christian, thumbs up. To you. Did someone just get killed back there? Is everything all right?
1: If you're a Christian,
0: if you're a Christian, let me tell you, don't just be, don't just be a Christian man. Everyone in America is a Christian. Everyone. Everyone's a Christian. You go to the award ceremony. I want to thank my wife. My husband, my girlfriend, I want to thank Jesus. I mean... You know there's people that name his name, but let me tell you, you don't, don't just name his name, plug into his spirit and power, and let the same power that was on the one who you name get on you. I mean you he, said, he says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold the heavens were open to him, and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him and then it goes on to say, and suddenly a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. You've got to understand what happened at that moment. Jesus pops in on the scene and the Holy Ghost descends on him like a dove. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. Was Jesus Christ the son of God when he was born? Absolutely. Yes. It's not a trick question. Someone's got to go, yes. No, actually, no, no, it's not. He is. He was. He is. Jesus Christ was born. He was born of a virgin. He was fully God, fully man. He was the incarnation of God. man. He was God. He was as much God the day he was born as the day he ascended to heaven, as the day he is right now, as the day he was resurrected. He was the son of God. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Was he doing any miracles when he was five? No. Was he moving in power when he was 15? No. Was he, was he laying hands on the sick when he was 25? No. When he was 30, the Holy Ghost came upon him. The Bible says, Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. Who, can I, this is the stuff I like to preach. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Can I just quickly just take a side note and just say, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, don't just go around doing supernatural things. Make sure you're doing good as well. It's treating people good, loving people. If the Holy Ghost is in you, don't be an angry Christian. Be a happy Christian. I mean, just be full of love, full of the grace of God. And the, so, so, so the Bible says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. It wasn't until Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost that he went and started doing supernatural things. And can I tell you, if Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Ghost to do the things he did, how much more do you and I, who are just everyday finite beings, born in sin, saved by grace, how much more do you and I need to carry the supernatural power of God? If Jesus needed the Holy Ghost to do what he did, how much more? Let me say say this. So so here we see the Bible says that that when he had been baptized, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. You can search your Bible from Matthew to Revelation and there is nothing there that says from that moment the heavens have ever closed. The heavens have been opened. And they say, when we pray, God, would you open heaven? The heavens are open. He just says, step into what I'm doing. He's open heaven and out from heaven flows a river. And he says, step into that river of my open heaven. Step into that river of my anointing. Step into that river of my presence. And the reality is this. There's a lot of people praying for an open heaven, but it was one and done 2,000 years ago on Calvary. He sent the Holy Ghost and you and I can jump in. And 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 the truth is, all we have to do is say, God, I step into your waters. And I want to see God do something in my heart and in my life and in your life. He says he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You know, sometimes you come to this church and think, why bother preaching on that? What what else can I preach on? Because you guys know this. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. You can preach this to the preachers that come through. They can stand and listen while you tell them what you've experienced. And God has done something so good in your life. But the truth is, it's still important that we understand what it is that we have. And you and I are connected with a fire of Almighty God. It's a supernatural fire from heaven. And it's not a fire for one and not another. It's not a fire for somebody that's rich and not somebody that's poor or somebody that's educated or not, or somebody from the right side or the wrong side of town, or from this place or that place. The anointing of God's not just for Benny Hinn or Reinhard Bonnke or Pastor Frank or some TV preacher or, or whatever. The Bible says that signs and wonders don't follow the preacher. It doesn't follow a Bible college degree. Signs and wonders don't follow the intelligentsia of the day. The Bible says signs follow those who believe. Can you say amen? Do we have any believers in the house? You know, people get on an airplane, they'll travel all over the world and follow signs and wonders. We'll go here, this is the revival place. We'll go there, revival's fine here. And there's nothing actually wrong with that, but can I tell you something? I don't need to follow signs because signs are following me. Because I have everything. Let me tell you, when you're born again filled with the Holy Ghost, you have everything you need in order to be who God's called you to be. You don't need anything else. You've got the Word of God. You've got the name of Jesus. You've got the blood of Jesus. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, what more do you need? Maybe you're wanting something else. You got the same power that raised Jesus from the dead's alive on the inside of on the on these, man. I'm getting myself happy, brother Zach. <laughs> Goodness gracious me, stink! I'm telling you, Pastor Brother Mike, Pastor Mike Bishop. Where this guy's been in the church longer than Pastor Frank. How you been in this church for? How long you been in this church? 27 years. 27 years, you must have had enough by now surely no. how can you What a bless, he's even still smiling you know why it's easy to enjoy a church where God's spirit is I'd be happy too if I came to this church you should see my church it's pretty good but this church is unbelievable I'm joining this church I'm moving next Friday going to run the senior sign. Anyway, I'm going to just get back on. I've got a little bit of this condition called ADD. I don't know if you know it. Somebody said, how, how many kids with ADD does it take to change a light bulb? I said, let's go ride bikes. He said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Exactly. Now now let me let me show you something. Over here you've got you've got an Olympic swimming pool and uh, where you can baptize eight that's bigger than most churches that pool. And uh, there's actually gators in there, it's quite incredible. There's shrimp in there, and they're just getting ready to feed the multitudes. they just Now now if you get in that tank, what'll happen is you'll get into water and you'll you'll be baptized by either Pastor Frank or someone on the team here, they'll baptise you. You'll be fully immersed, baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, get up. And it's a, it's a powerful thing, water baptism. If you've never been baptized in water, Jesus even got baptized in water. And, uh, and he also said we needed to. And the Bible tells us that clearly. And, and when we're baptized, we identify with the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And it's a very supernatural thing. There's a baptism in the book of Exodus that we see. It's a great pattern to, to, to build on. And that is that the children of Israel, they escaped Egypt slavery. And as they escaped and they walked through the parted waters on dry ground, the Bible tells us that when they reached the other side, Pharaoh's army and the, the, the top level of his army came to try and bring them back because they knew that they needed the human resource and Pharaoh changed his mind. And and the Bible says that when they tried to pursue them, they sipped into those parted waters, and the waters came together and they totally drowned Egypt. Baptism drowns your past. Baptism cuts off cuts off the stuff. And and it's, it's a line in the sense, you know, if you go to India and and, and, and even, even places like Pakistan and Hindu and Muslim countries, when Hindus and Muslims get saved and come to the altar and, and, and pray the prayer of, of salvation and, and all of those things, the family don't care. But the minute they get baptized, they know that there's a line in the sand where they're confessing God before man and they're naming Jesus as their way, their truth, their life. And I want to tell you, it's a powerful thing and baptism in water and baptism in the spirit is exactly the same but just with some different commodities. Instead of water, you're getting baptised in the Holy Spirit, you're getting baptized in God. You're getting baptized in deity. You're getting baptized in the Creator. You're getting baptized in the One who was and is and is to come. You're getting baptized in the One that flung the stars into the sky. You're getting baptized into the One who hovered over the waters when God said, "Let there be light." And the Holy Spirit, He put together that light and made it happen. You're, you're getting you ain't getting baptized into some angel. You ain't getting baptized into some philosophy. You ain't getting baptized in some religion you're getting baptized into the third person of heaven. You're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. And it ain't Pastor Frank, it ain't Pastor Zach or Pastor Heather or or a leader or or a person that does that baptism. Not that, I mean, they're awesome. I'd let them baptize me in water, no worries. But they're not the ones that baptize in the Holy Ghost. There's only one. And his name is Jesus. Yeah. Woo! Man! Jesus. You wonder why people hit the floor? I think it's part of the process just getting, just getting them under the... Just, maybe. When you get baptized in the Spirit, there's some stuff that happens. Speak in tongues. Some people say, do I have to speak in tongues? You don't have to. You've got to change the whole paradigm of your thinking. You don't have to, you get to. So, do I have to go to church? You get to go to church, man. Do I have to pray? You get to pray. Do I have to read my Bible? You get to read your Bible. Do I have to tell people about Jesus? You get to tell people about Jesus. You get to tell them about how you once was lost but now you're found. How you're blind but now you see. How you're broken and he put you back together. How he broke the powers of darkness and wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life and you're saved by grace. Man, I mean, what a difficult thing to tell somebody. Oh, My life was terrible but he found me. I mean, if you're in Lake Pontchartrain and you're drowning and somebody threw uh, I don't know, what, the, what we call them, a life-saving device or whatever, if someone threw the rapture's about to happen, but just hold your seats for five more minutes. And, and he said, and he said, he says this he, he said, if he throws it out to you, man, you're going to kiss one of those inner tubes for the rest of your life. I mean, when he saved you, washing his blood, you don't have to pray. You get to pray. You don't have to worship. You get to worship. You don't have to read his word. You get to read his word. When you're in love with Jesus, the have tos become get tos, man. And man, if it feels like I have to, maybe you just need to get down the altar and get under the anointing of God. Oh, man. I got a pair of Nike Air Maxes. You know, one thing about my Nike Air Maxes and the Holy Ghost and the baptism in the Holy Ghost They have one thing in common. They both come with tongues. Some of you say, that's deep, Shrek. I'm telling you right now, that is deep. Every New Testament writer spoke in tongues. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Spoke in tongues. Mary wouldn't have gone to a Catholic church. Mind you, she would have been welcome. Would have felt very welcome. But she never would have gone to a Catholic church because she's Pentecostal, man. She speaks in tongues. People, people lighting candles, people lighting candles to Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. She says, You think that candle's something special? When I was in that upper room on the day of Pentecost, I had a flame of fire on my head. He baptized me with the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. He said he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. When they were gathered in that upper room, there was a flame, not on some and not another, not on just a few, not one in nine. There was a flame on every head. And the Bible said that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and... No. And began to speak in tongues... It doesn't matter. You're all right in your own weird way. He said. He said. He said. You'll be baptized with a man. I'm getting happy this morning in Jesus. He said. He will baptize you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning in the Holy Ghost and fire? And he said, they're all filled with the Holy. It wasn't some. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The greatest gift. That God gave humanity was the blood of His Son. The greatest gift that God gave the church was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But people stop at tongues. These days they don't even get to tongues. Speaking in tongues is not the ultimate benefit of the baptism in the Spirit. It's the equipment to enter the gateway of the supernatural. Speaking in tongues is the, it is just the, it's the thing, it's the, it gets your motor going, man. It gets you stirred up. It, it gets things happening. You you can build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Man, Jude didn't say an awful lot. His book didn't even have a number. It was just Jude. It's like Liberace, just Liberace. Wasn't Jude number one? First Jude says, just Jude. In verse twenty, he knocks that pearl out of—he knocks a lot of pearls out of the park, but he says that build yourself by praying in the Holy Ghost. Can I can I tell you? Maybe maybe you're sitting here going, "We have heard this. We have heard this. We have heard this." Have heard this. Why are you telling us? Can I tell you something? This is a message that if my generation doesn't wave, it's going to be lost in the body of Christ. And, and 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 the truth is, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit, and is coming again. And can I tell you something else? I'll tell you something else. If 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 a Jesus is preached that is not a baptizer with the Spirit, it's not the Bible Jesus. And he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Fiery fire. I don't want just fire, I want fiery fire. (laughs) Content with a bit of fire. I don't, I don't want fire, I want fiery fire because fiery fire is better than fire. It's like if you go go and get food, man, that's that's food. Oh, there's food, food. I want some food. I mean, I want some mm, mm. you know, that's that's good, good. There, I mean, it's just better. I don't know why, It just sounds good. They'll baptize you. Maybe, maybe you haven't spoken in tongues for a long time, maybe you're dry, maybe. He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost. You know, people go to church and they hear preaching and they don't know this. Speaking in tongues is not just to make our church services better. In fact, that's probably the last reason it exists, but definitely one of the benefits. Speaking in tongues is about you having a, a relationship with Jesus that is alive. And see, when, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit regenerated you. You can't say, Lord, Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. He led you to Jesus. And you got saved. You got delivered. You got changed. And it was the work of the Spirit of God made possible by the work of Jesus on the cross. And, and, you got, and, and, and so when you got saved, people say Jesus comes into your heart. Well, He does, but He comes by the Holy Spirit. If Jesus came into your heart, He's probably six foot. No, He they wouldn't fit in your heart. He's, you, you'd get a severe blockage in your left ventricle. Now... But he sends his Holy Spirit. And so and so and so. here's what you've got to understand. When you got saved, you, you received a measure of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwelled you. But when you get baptized in the Spirit, he comes upon you. Now, what you've got to understand is when the Holy Spirit is in you, that's for you. When the Holy Spirit is upon you, it's for others. It's to change the world. It's about living beyond you, living beyond your world, seeing an impact for the kingdom of God. I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. But let me tell you. Following, there speaking in tongues. Pastor Frank, I know this might sound strange, but in this church, but I feel led this morning. At the end of my message, we're going to pray for people who have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and we're going to believe God that He'll fill your mouth so you can shuck a you can run to a you can it up a Ding Ding. Look at the legs on that thing, man! You can get, you can get it happening. You can plug in and pray in the Spirit of God. Big mystery, something God. Sorry, Pastor Frank. <laughs> Does anyone hear what I'm talking about this morning? Tell me, do I have any friends in the house that believe it? So let, let's just jump. If we can get this on the screen, Exodus chapter 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Exodus. We just need to get the screen wobbling again just to to reel the people in. Exodus chapter 3. There we go. Exodus 3. Let's have a look at the second verse. Now, it says this. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Next slide. Thank you, people. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why? the bush does not burn. Next slide. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. So when the Lord saw, sorry, then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off for the place where you stand is holy ground. Somebody say holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. It's interesting. You see, God It's no, no longer a bush. He's, he's now realized he's looking at God. And, and the Lord said, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them from that land to a good and large land Somebody say good And large land I didn't say large land I said large land Somebody say large land See that's the Queen's English right there the Queen, The Queen is blessed by your contribution to the language To a large land To a land flowing with milk and honey To the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites The Amorites, the Perizzites, the Mosquito Bites, the Termites The Hivites, the Vegemites The mosquito bites. <laughs> hmm. And the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Now I've seen the oppression from which the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? I'll certainly be with you and this shall be a sign. Moses basically said, who do I say sent me? In verse 14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. Somebody say, I am who I am. And he says, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Five hallmarks of the fire of God I want to share with you this morning. I'll keep it brief. There are five things that when the fire of God starts moving... You're going to see happen in that experience, in your world. And the first thing, number one, is signs and wonders. Somebody say signs and wonders. I've kind of already said these signs will follow them that believe, Mark 16 says. But Moses entered the ministry of signs and wonders. Put his hand in his pocket, pulled his hand out, he had leprosy, and he put it back in. He grabbed his stick and he threw it on the ground and it became a snake. He picked up the end of the snake and it became a snake a stick again. I don't know about you, but that's a creepy stick. I don't want that stick. If I was Moses, I would have left it outside because I wouldn't want to knock it over in the middle of the night. And then I wake up and I've got a serpent in my kitchen. That's not, that's not how, that's not, that's not the way you want to roll. But Moses, it's amazing. What I I love about this story is Moses entered that ministry in the secret place. And then it was God that elevated him to Pharaoh's court. Sometimes we want to move in signs and wonders on the platform, but we don't move in signs and wonders in our own world. And signs and wonders are not just for a TV preacher to have influence. It's about mum and dad being able to lay a hand on their kid and see God do something. You know, I, my, every time my kid does something weird, little James does something weird, I think, is this serious? I grab him in the name of Jesus. I put my hand on his belly. I pray, let the river of the Holy Ghost get on. I pray in tongues. I want him to grow up knowing that tongues isn't weird, it's normal. My dad taught me every day he'd drive to school, and dad would take us to school. He hardly said anything, he'd just pray in the Holy Ghost. He'd pray in the Spirit. And you know what was crazy? We'd take kids home that lived in the area, and dad would give them a lift home, and he didn't care who was in the car. And I was just going, this is my father, how embarrassing. But you know something? Now I find myself driving the car and i look forward to terrorizing my kid with the power of the holy ghost it's going to be it's going to be awesome generational it's just going to be fantastic but you know something you, you start to learn that the supernatural is natural signs and wonders can be in your world you can flow in the spirit of god you can receive power when the holy ghost has come upon you can walk in the supernatural some of us we think signs and wonders are for this building and this building alone we're we, we to see that stuff happening in this building in order to carry that power everywhere we go signs and wonders signs and wonders doesn't mean you have to be some weird irrelevant Christian that no one understands I think signs and wonders make you more relevant more, more in touch with what God's I had a guy come up to me to church in Australia a few months back he's an Indian brother <laughs> and he comes up and he says pastor I would like you to, to, to listen to me praying tongues and then give the interpretation. And before I really had a chance to tell him, look, you know, there's different gifts of the spirit interpretation of tongues. This isn't really something I'm walking in right now. He throws his arms around me and for the next two minutes, <laughs> It's very awkward, very awkward. <laughs> so then he finally pulls away Pastor Zach and he looks at me with wonder and admiration. What is the man of God going to say? So I felt pressure <laughs> to make up something very powerful. I oh, don't judge me. You've all done the same thing. <laughs> Look, you'll see me going, oh, I would never do that. Yes, you have. So he's looking at me with anticipation. What has the Lord given you, O great man of God? So I was sitting there going, Lord help me. So I said, The Lord says that was very nice. And he was so pumped, he walked up praising God, and I felt terrible. You know, speaking is signs and wonders. There are some weird things that happen, by the way. There are some strange things. Falling down is weird. Speaking in tongues is weird. But it's important. Falling, let me tell you, actually, falling down is definitely strange. But nowhere near as strange as trying to work out the right time to get back up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're sort of down, you sort of come to. You think, "I oh, get up now, have I been down long enough? If I get up now, people are going to think, oh, he just fell down too quick. That was a courtesy fall. And so what's the right amount of time to say? See, Pastor Paris, when I get to heaven, I want to have been on the ground long enough that when I get to heaven, he says, well done, not medium rare. You know, I I want to have been, you got to, you want to get cooked good and thorough. message was a lot more deep when I wrote it it's just, it's just, it's just eroded over time he said, he said, one of the, so Moses enters the ministry of signs and wonders then he's calling in flies and locusts and hives, hives is not my favourite manifestation of the spirit but he's moving in the things of God and seeing God move God doing something by the Holy Ghost, signs and wonders number two, the leading of the Holy Ghost the bush says, I am Now let me tell you something about this bush This bush We used to have a Christmas tree in Adelaide That was like a talking Christmas tree That thing terrified me man she was like if you don't behave father Christmas or Santa Claus is not going to give you any presents so this tree had me submitting to my parents for two months well behaved because I knew that tree knew something and that tree, that was just a guy around the corner with a microphone and they just shoved a speaker under the tree and it, t- it creeped me out let me tell you something, I was still around people if something had gone wrong there was still people but not Moses case he's out in the bush by himself Minding his own business. He's just standing there. There's a bush. Suddenly the bush. <laughs> Moses is probably thinking, man, I probably need a water. I've been out in the sun just a little bit too long. And then, and then the bush says, Moses. And Moses probably looked around to just see, is anyone here? No one's around, so he thought, yeah. Yep. Bush says, take off your sandals. The ground you're standing on is holy. The thing he noticed about that bush is, and the Bible makes a point of it, that the the bush was not consumed by the fire. Because you've got to understand, for God, and I don't have time to get into too much of this, but for God, one of the attributes of God is he is self existent. What that means is he does not need anything external to enable him to be sustained, he is fully sustained by himself. If he needed the sun to sustain him, the sun is God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? but, But the thing is, how can he be sustained by something that his hand created? God doesn't need water. He is the living water. He doesn't need bread. He is bread. And he's sustained totally in and of himself, which is amazing. Sometimes you think, man, how am I going to make it? I can tell you how you're going to make it. Just get some of the self-existent presence of God in you, and he'll help bring whatever you need to sustain you. He'll give you strength. That's why his strength is made perfect in your weakness. He's El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. I'm having a good time preaching this, man. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, but, but here's the thing. So Moses knew that that's, that's God. That bush has the attributes of God so he knew God was talking. And he said, take off your sandals. And, and, and then he said, go, I've got a job for you to do. The Spirit of God, when He comes upon you, is to be a witness. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He's in order you to preach the gospel. Now, some people say the Spirit of God is only there to make you do so you can do something. The touch is for the task. I believe the touch is for the task. I also think you can enjoy God. I do, I do believe it's twofold. We have Holy Spirit meetings. and sometimes just fine to just enjoy Jesus. Enjoy the Spirit of God. I don't, I don't know why people want to take the fun out of that. It's fun. It's better than enjoying the things of the world. I flew into New Orleans just yesterday afternoon, and when I got on the plane, it was like flying to Vegas. I preached in Vegas a bunch of times, and what is so obvious, if you've ever been to Vegas, yeah, you shouldn't have been, but, but what is so apparent is the joy, or the, not the joy, the, just the, the, the worldly celebration that is on that plane when you go into Vegas. When you leave Vegas... It's a bloodshot eyes, people smell like booze, they've lost money. They've... Let me tell you, what happens in Vegas t- doesn't stay in Vegas. Some, you, Yeah, you can tell it's, yeah, it's with them. So, that's what I felt yesterday, I got on the plane. It's the only time I've ever landed in New Orleans. Everyone's wearing beads, shouting, getting excited, clapping. And I thought, man, you're coming in here. And you think that it's going to satisfy you. You're going to leave as empty as you can. I landed in New Orleans thinking, I'm going to leave the same way I came, touched by the grace of God, alive in Jesus, anointed by the Spirit of God. But Moses delivers about, and he says, who do I say sent me?" He says, say I am, I, I am who I am is sent. So he steps out on a word from God, and he does what God's calling him to do. Can I tell you, we've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Listen to the voice of God. So we see we see the leading of the Holy Spirit. Then we see... In this passage. So we see God doing supernatural things. We see the release of authority. Now, that kind of preaching can mean a lot of different things. I just want to preach it in the context of this. He was told, Go in my name. Say, I am who I am and sent you. God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who created the world, the God who was and is and is to come, is what that means. And and let me tell you, He is the God who was and is and is to come. He doesn't change; it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and He sent Him. And can can you you got to get this in your spirit today that you have the same commission to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and you have a name to walk in. Who shall I say has sent me? Jesus has sent you, and you have His name. In my name, you'll cast out devils. In my name, you'll speak with new tongues. In in my name, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You and I carry a name that's above every name. Cancer is a name. Depression is a name. Heart disease is a name. So, drugs is a name. Regret is a name. But there is a greater name, and His name is Jesus. And, and I'm telling you right now, when you start to use His name, if people really knew the power of that name, we'd use it more than we use it. When you use His name, things move and things shift. Can you say, Amen? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna going to wrap this up because the two of you taking notes look tired so we'll just jump to the fourth and final point this morning the fourth thing that happened when he came in contact with a bush he had an encounter with a supernatural God took his natural and he rubbed some super on his natural. You know me, I'm just me. I'm just Dave. I live in Adelaide, Brother Norman, and uh, I just do my thing. I'm just me. But do you know something? I'm me, anointed by the Spirit of God. You are you, anointed by the Spirit of God, and you can see things happen for the kingdom of God. I've got to tell you a story, and then I'm going to quit. Not forever, not in general, just this morning, because uh, Pastor Frank said he was going to take me to Cracker Barrel, so we've got to keep moving. It's actually Pastor Paris' favourite food. She loves the grits, she loves the biscuits and the gravy. I actually, think, I actually think they eat badly, it's just that whenever a hall comes to town, they model fitness and discipline. You get a salad, you get, you get put on a diet for four days, you're not allowed to sit. So then you say goodnight and goodbye and go to Walmart and buy a turkey leg, and then you... I was in, don't you dare, don't you dare, I was in, <laughs> she's, coming, she's just chucking the rock, <laughs> anyway moving right along before this gets, like, the supernatural came on Moses, I've got to tell you this story then I'm going to finish, we are, you can't laugh at this, this is, I'm trying to create, in preaching you've got to establish tension and so if you don't get tense the story won't work so you just got to go with me. We had a girl in our church, she's still in our church, she's 14 years of age, her name is India King, and uh, in December she was walking in downtown Adelaide, and it was a wet day, an unseasonably wet day, because it's actually summer, and she steps on the road, and as she steps on the road, she loses her footing, and she totally slips on the road, and a car comes in, runs over her stomach, both wheels, boom, boom, and she she rolled 90 feet, and uh, so she gets rushed to hospital in critical condition. And basically, she was, the, the family were told she's, she's probably not going to make this if she does. And if she does, she'll be a vegetable or just be in terrible, in terrible shape. And, and so that was the prognosis. And then that night, she got worse. The brain began to swell. They had to take part of her, you know, whatever they do, they drill holes in your brain to create some room for the swelling. And, and so we went into the hospital a couple of times, and the church began to pray and see God. And I remember going to that hospital. And I, you know, I don't know, I'm sure Pastor Frank would feel the same way. You, you can be a pastor and you can be doing all the stuff you do, governing administration, leading teams, building teams, doing church and just getting involved in the grind. But there's nothing, I don't feel any more, I, I feel like I'm a pastor in the truest form when I do those visits to so hospitals at critical times. And, and so I was walking in that children's hospital in Adelaide and as I walked into this girl's room, she, she, she is bloodied from top to bottom. It's beautiful kids, sweetest nature. And, uh, and, you know, we love her. Family, our family love the family. They're awesome. And so I go into the hospital and I prayed. And, and some preachers, they give glory to God, but they make sure they insert how much they prayed into the thought so you know really it was them and not God. But in this case, everybody was praying. But I remember walking into that hospital bed, I didn't know where to lay my hands on her, and I wanted to get my hands on this girl because I know there's something powerful about a point of contact. So basically her knee and her foot was about the only spot that I could get my hands on. So I put my, my hand on her knee. I put my hand on her foot. You had people around. You had nurses there. You had everybody there. And, and so I wanted to pray and I didn't want to offend anybody, but I wanted to get God's presence. So I'm saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you touch her? Would you heal her body? Would you touch her with your anointing? As I started to pray, I felt the greater one walk in the room. I just felt him walk right there. He just, <laughs> there he is. And uh, I felt him walk in the room and And suddenly I didn't care about a nurse or a doctor or any other patient in that hospital. I began to prophesy over this girl. I said, you will live and not die. I said, you're going to walk out of this hospital soon, and you're going to walk out of this hospital whole by the grace of God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I'm telling you right now, I, did, I prayed every kind of style of prayer just to make sure one of them worked. I rebuked, I, I took authority, I bound, I loosed. I confessed and declared. I beseeched and pleaded. I did the whole thing. I confessed the scripture. I did the, I did the whole thing. I even got Pastor Frank to fly down, and we did an interpretive dance together. It was beautiful. He pirouetted, I... Thank <laughs> you. It was like it was walking on air it was supernatural and so I began to pray pastor Paris had got louder and I didn't care and somebody said well what if someone else in the hospital heard well i pray- I hope they're here because I wanted them to get under that same anointing I wasn't allowed to lay hands on them but maybe if the word the word, you know could just creep around the corner you know let me tell you some there's no distance in praying and seeking God and believing God and so the supernatural felt the anointing of God the next minute and you know the nurse is looking at me or whatever but you know what I didn't care because a month later I think three days after one month later it wasn't three months in hospital I think it was like five weeks and she walked out healed and whole by the grace of God oh, I've come to tell you that his power is still for today I've come to tell you that it's a miracle working God anyway I'm nearly finished I'm nearly, I'm nearly, I'm nearly done if I can get if I, Chandler could come Chandler Bing Now I know how unspiritual some of you are. You got that. Chandler Bing's from the show Friends. Isn't it? If you could play I'll be there for you for the call. that would be fantastic. We'll play there as a river. You know, you know, so so she she leaves the hospital she leaves the hospital. January twenty sixth we're in church and the next minute she comes and sits on the front row and and we're about to pray for the sick, so I said if you're sick here today, you might have never seen a miracle. A miracle's just walked in, I pointed to India. Can not tell you something? Our church just went crazy. Why? Because signs and wonders, supernatural. It does more than the latest book is going to do. It does more than the latest idea or the latest church growth concept will do. I, I don't hate all that stuff, but you know, when it takes place of the anointing, I hate this <laughs> But when the anointing of God's working, when the presence of God's there, you can see heaven do supernatural things. You see God being in church. There's nothing worse than going to church and everyone's there except God. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.